Hey guys, welcome back to the Phil Craft Survival Podcast. I'm your host, Mike, and today's co-host is... <laughs> like it's different. <laughs> Kurt Hohen. <laughs> um, it's like, surprise, there's another co-host. Oh wait, no, it's the dude that works with me. Who's the, uh, who's the people who groomed your beard? Um, actually, I went to a barber shop in Durango, Colorado. Uh, it's called the shit. I don't remember. I'd have to look it up, but I think it's the the book and the barber. But the cool thing about the place is, uh, they have a challenge and password for a, uh, speakeasy that's connected to the, um, the barbershop, which is really cool. And the dudes in there were really cool. Um, a lot of interesting conversation and anyways, they did a good job. job. Yeah, they did. Shit's prep. Proper. So today's podcast, we're doing an episode on um, night vision. And this is the first time we even talked about night vision. Dude, I felt like it was like, you were like, night vision. Night vision. <laughs> Transformers. So, oh, sorry. There might be some digression today. Yeah, a little bit. Well, one, uh, Kurt's 10 beers in. <laughs> um no, I'm not. I haven't had any sleep. <laughs> I drove 15 hours straight from, from Nevada, Nevada. Yeah. And my big ass truck. When I came home, it's like I've been in the club for 15 hours. Like sitting I couldn't on a hear. Two liter. Sitting <laughs> on a two liter bottle of uh, Coca Cola, and I'm exhausted, dude. I'm smoked. I feel like I've been in the field. That is it. That field tired where it's so exhausting. Oh yeah. That you stay MREs. And oh you yeah. Lay around like a fucking slug. Yeah, dude. <laughs> And you just stare at ants like Discovery Channel. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that. Um, we had a real good course. Uh, unfortunately, Kurt couldn't make it because he had business here doing uh, training stuff in Durango. But I did a uh, basic pistol course on Saturday and did a uh, gunfighter carbine. Right? Yeah, gunfighter carbine. And it was awesome, awesome days, man. It, a couple people didn't show up. That was no big deal. Smaller class, but it was just more intimate and we were able to do a lot more. Being exposed in the Nevada sun isn't too bad. It wasn't too bad. Uh, like the last time we trained, it was like 100 plus yeah. degrees. And we were in, yeah, we were there in June. And dude, it was balls hot. I made the poor decision of not wearing a hat and then literally burned your my scalp. <laughs> <laughs> you got scalped yeah. by the sun. I looked like an old man with like fucking dandruff. It was like falling out of my head. Yeah, it was fucking gross. It was awesome. Yeah, good courses, man. I got a lot of good feedback, met a lot of good dudes and. And gals, we had a uh, guy out there. Uh, I won't say his name, but he, you know, had a lot of good feedback for podcasts and stuff, and gave me a whole bunch of different topics that we're going to uh, implement. And yeah, know, just in case anybody was wondering, we do listen to the folks that follow us and that consume the information that we give you. Um, so when you DM us and you uh, comment on our Facebook page and send us emails. We don't just blow you off. Yeah, we we literally try to read all that stuff. I mean, understandably, we're busy because uh, we two, get a lot two of guys them. running a business, and it's hard. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on, but we do pay attention to you guys, so you're important to us. Yeah, we appreciate it. You're wearing a sheepdog target your, shirt. Yeah, there's your pat on the fucking back. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sheepdog targets. I, I love. But he's sitting in some still. He right is. Now. Yeah, Joey's actually helping us out with our range in Colorado. Um, I mean, he makes good stuff. Uh, that's the bottom line. We got introduced to Sheepdog Targets in Arizona when Mike and I were down there working a different job. And uh, Joey uh, is the owner's name. 
and he's just a solid dude. He's he's a good dude, and he builds uh, excellent grade or uh, quality targets. So that's why we went with Sheepdog. Yeah, my thing is targets are targets. Pretty much every company is about the same on online as being mm-hmm. the same, whether it's MGM or Sheepdog. But the thing about Joey is I like Joey. He's a good dude, and yeah, he, he believes is. in the product, and he's got he's he's good with customers. Well, the he, other. One of the other things he did too, and I don't know if you saw this on Instagram, but he was doing a Target giveaway to veteran disabled veterans, yeah. and he was, you know, he was doing a little thing where he was looking for people to be nominated to to help out. So, you know, he's a good American. He takes care of, uh, you know, veterans, and that shit's important to us. So. That is important to us. So, yeah, if you're thinking about getting Target Tree, Target stands his his. Uh, his target stand, I don't know the name of it, so excuse it's me. It's like an all-terrain target, all-terrain, that's it. target stand. And so you can put it on different shifts of elevation because you can t- change the pitch angle. Right. Which is important because not the target stands they make now are just made for flat surfaces. Right. But dude, you know. If, if you've got varying terrain and stuff like absolutely. that. You want to shoot and you're worried about slag or yep. basically spalding coming off from around hitting the target. Did you it, say spalding? Like the, the is that, that? Is that how you say spalling. it? spalling. Whatever. Whatever, bro. Whatever. Stop judging me, dude. It's all those beards. My man. English is all fucked up. It Anyways, is, man. But uh, but with the varying uh, pitch, like Mike <laughs> said, uh, you're able to to take all the the, the slag, as we called it, in the military, uh, and it comes off the target, and obviously doesn't come back at you, which is important. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, what else we got going on? I, I will tell you, you know, my mom does the finances for my company. Which is cool because moms know best, especially when it comes to money, and she's super <laughs> Korean mom analytic with that stuff. Korean's mom, yeah. especially, she's got an abacus. She's like, "Oh, <laughs> you spent too much money." Yeah, is that if that's racist? That's not my fault. I apologize. <laughs> I'm Asian, so I can think I could do that. But uh, one of the things we did do, which is we did the Oppressos Beware Thin Blue Line run, right. and we were able to donate a couple hundred bucks to Officer Familia's family. She was the officer who was killed in her car. Uh, while on patrol in the Bronx, New York. Right. And, you know, one of the things that we try to do every opportunity we get is leverage our social media outlets to be able to help people, including veterans, first responders, really anybody. Yeah, because none of this shit's been about us. I don't think, like, even Uh, your idea with Philcraft and, like, the cool part about it, and Mike and I have talked about it a bunch, is the more successful we become, the idea is to hire... Um, more veterans, more veterans, guys that we served with, and however that ends up, you know, just to create an environment uh, that has solid dudes. So yeah, yeah. So yeah, we appreciate your guys' support on that. We, you know, last episode we did uh, episode on dogs. Yeah, and we got some good feedback from that because you know people. Was that the last dogs. one? Was it dogs? Yeah, it was dogs. But we. Oh no, no, you're right. It was the Philcraft Survival Minimalist Kit. But we yeah. did dogs right before that. Right. Um, but I just it's in my mind because. I was just talking to Kurt about his service dog, which is Storm. That's right. And she's Pearl's sister, which is my service dog. And, you know, my my whole take on this, and I've mentioned it before, is it's like asking a person in a wheelchair why they had a wheelchair. Right. Well, it's none of your fucking business why you got a wheelchair. You yeah. know, it's if you come in in a wheelchair, my assumption, which, you know, people are going to question everything. Um, my assumption is that you're disabled. And right. it's none of my business why you're in a wheelchair. As a business in America, you're obligated to facilitate by code mm-hmm. and by a moral by standard law, right. and by law the facilitation of serving and uh, providing customer service to that person. Kurt 
he don't he doesn't want me to mention it because <laughs> you know he doesn't like to make a big deal with things, but I do a little bit more. Is you know he went to Jimmy John's. Jim, I've eaten at Jimmy John's a thousand times, but I've never brought Pearl in. And again, in Durango, Colorado, I love Durango, and it's supposedly it's supposedly is one of the most dog friendly places. And I've experienced that. Yeah, one of the most dog friendly places in America. And I've been turned away by a place called The Balcony. You know, the owner did offer an apology. He told us that we're welcome. And, you know, I'm over it. That's all I needed. But the fact that a chain restaurant called Jimmy John's kicked you out of that restaurant, that infuriates me. Because the reason it infuriates me is not because of the particulars of that establishment. Because it could be miscommunication. But the fact that they don't have a protocol in place as a franchise as business, a national chain. as a national chain, right, is weird. It's it's bizarre. So, I mean, since we're talking about it, I'll tell the story a little bit. Um, anyways, I was uh, going to have lunch with my daughter and Storm, who is a Belgian Malinois, uh, Pearl's sister, Mike's service dog, um, is also my service dog. Uh, at the time, she was in training, which this was probably a week, couple weeks ago. And uh, we came inside, she had a harness on and she had a, a tag that said service dog and service dog in training. And the employees at this Jimmy John's in Durango um, asked me, they saw the dog and they said, is the dog a service dog? And I said, um, no diggity, no doubt. Yeah, well, I said the service, she's not a service dog, but she's a service dog in training because that was the truth, right? Cause I'm not a shit bag. I'm not going to lie to somebody. Um, <clears throat> they asked me to immediately take the dog outside um, because she wasn't allowed to be in a uh, establishment that prepares food. Well, lo and behold, we reached out to a friend of ours um, who is super squared away, Labs for Liberty. Joan Nold, which jo- is the... Right, yeah. which is at Labs for Liberty. And Joan uh, actually communicated to me that uh, service dogs in training in the state of Colorado have the same protections by law uh, that a service dog has. I didn't know that. I probably should have known that. Um, but I did my best job to educate the employees at uh, at the Jimmy John's about what the federal law is because there's a there's a .gov website that talks about all that stuff. You know, I was out with my daughter and, um, you know, I, I calmly put my dog away and then I tried to educate the staff. And, you know, Mike and I were talking about this and we talk about conflict resolution and actually commuting communicating with people directly. And it was weird. These employees were really, um, I don't know, they're kind of acting like turds really, you know, in, in reference to me educating them about what the law was. And then the ultimate fallback was, well, we're just doing what the owner tells us to do. Right. Which to me, um, you know, is a little bit odd in the sense of basically you're telling me you have the inability to, to think on your own, when you fall back on that kind of well, you said confrontation was you being direct. Yeah, right. And Isn't I was. That I mean, yeah, what is yeah the I don't know. I guess it's the the new generation of younger people are unable to communicate. Yeah, if right. you texted it to them <laughs> with an exclamation mark and yeah. a like an emoji, right. they'd be like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> right. Anyways, the uh, bottom line is, so we've got a couple different uh, plans in the works. Uh, one of those is potentially educating uh, a meeting at the Chamber of Commerce in Durango, um, because the bottom line is, is that, uh, you know, people or veterans with service dogs um, should not be discriminated against. So uh, I hope they get their shit together and, um, and 
and do the right thing. Yeah, I, I will. I will always be an advocate for for veterans, for first responders, really for anybody that puts their ass on the line. That puts their ass on the line for this country, and then is discriminate. Like, dude, I have a service dog in your sandwich place. He his feet are cleaner than the shoes of the people that are walking <laughs> yeah. in there, getting shit everywhere. Right. I just I just don't get it, man. Anyways, you know. I, it's not like I want people to not eat at Jimmy John's. I mean, if there was an option between Subway and Jimmy John's now, I would eat at Subway. <laughs> but what I'm saying is these chains, if you're chains, especially in Durango, Colorado, because we've experienced this several times now in a short period of time, you need to unfuck yourself. You yeah. need to get educated. It's not hard. It's not difficult. It's called Google. Yeah. Google the shit, understand the laws, and then educate your employees. It's not difficult because – I'll tell you this. Wait, isn't that having like a standard? Oh, that's called standards, <laughs> yeah. right? Standard operating procedures. That's called, yeah. um, you know, having a good business. I'll tell you what, if this shit happens again, because it's getting, it's it's starting to agitate me. Mm-hmm. If this shit happens again, I'm going to lawyer up and sue the shit out of the next people who do it because I want to make an example so it never happens to anybody again, right. especially a veteran. Look, we have service dogs and do we really need them? It's debatable because you honestly, I don't need anything, but I am allotted a uh, the right to have one because I have a physical disability, and so does Kurt. So, outside of that, that's all you need to know, yeah. and you need to facilitate that effort. And especially when somebody comes in and you know is in actual need of it, if a blind dude walks in with a service dog, you'd kick him out because he has a dog and he can't see. And what, what are you going to do? I mean, yeah, I mean, the bottom line is is that you know. We both do need service dogs. That's why we have them. So, yeah. and, and the bottom line is there's laws that protect, uh, you know, the owner and the service dog and people aren't actually following the law. So, yeah, man, I'm all worked up now. Yeah. I'm all worked up. I'm going <laughs> to drink another beer. Um, so uh, another thing, a couple of posts that I did on Instagram, which were impactful because I was driving for 15 hours, <laughs> contemplating life, staring at the highway, not trying to hit deer and not trying to hit semi trucks. And uh, one of the things that I, I was, you know, being in Colorado and buying or not buying, but being given a horse by a buddy. And then now uh, I just looked at a wild horse, which is a Mustang. You know, and when I was in Nevada, the, the property owner, the guy's range that we use, his name's Duke. His wife's name's Amanda. Good people, the best, some of the best people we know. They found a wild Mustang for me from BLM. BLM is the Bureau of Land Management. And they adopted this horse for me because they knew it would fit my personality. And I don't know what that means. <laughs> it's inspirational. Yeah. Maybe they see it and they're like, this is a crazy fucking horse. It's a boss on this would Instagram. Be, this would be perfect for <laughs> she will have her own Instagram account. Yeah, there you go. But um, <laughs> they found a horse, and I met her for the first time when I was tr- doing training. And, dude, it was like – I mean, first of all, Mustangs, if you see – if you do any statistical research on, on wild horses in America, you're talking thirty to 50,000 horses in, in, that are wild um, and, and the same number that are in captivity are rounded up by BLM. And, you know, it's a it's – a, it's something that happens that's control. It's being controlled because these horses need to be maintained because, you know, the, the population, the overpopulation of horses affects the ecosystem. And there's a whole bunch of controversy behind this, so I won't get into details. But the bottom line is these wild horses need to be adopted. And so we adopted one. And, and for the most part, from the experiences that I have, 
the equestrians that I, I know and the people that I know in the horse industry are against wild Mustangs because they're, oh, they're wild, they're temperamental. Well, I'm not showing a horse. I'm not, I'm not rolling out their eyelashes to make them look pretty. I'm not, I'm not brushing their mane naked on top of them. I, I'm, uh, I'm worried about them. That'd make a good picture for Instagram. That would be so badass. I was just thinking that. Just thinking it would be painful um, naked on a horse. But my whole take on it is, you know, I'm going to use them for hunting. Like I'm going to use them to transport my myself and my equipment to an offsetted uh, location to a a horse drop-off location, which is called HDO. Yeah, HDO. Yeah. Uh, we do a horse drop-off, <laughs> yeah. and then we walk into the objective and kill uh, the game that we're going after. That would still be a half. Right? That would be a half. Horse assault infill? Or... Oh, yeah, horse assault force. <laughs> yeah. um, and then and then I would. the whole point is that I would utilize it. And I think there's something magical about taking something that's wild – Similar to us, um, that was you know branded and con- and reconditioned, um, and being able to tame it. And it's I don't know, man. It's I, I geek out on it, but I'm I'm happy to have this horse. I, I did name the horse after uh, Walker Booth, a, a buddy of ours, wife who was killed in the same uh, accident that Walker was killed in. But I named the horse Don, and I, I don't know. It's impactful, man. Uh, another post I did on Instagram that was kind of impactful that I thought about and we got a lot of feedback on is this whole thing with loyalty and the the standard of loyalty in, in society with people just not uh, maintaining uh, commitments and relationships and, and positions and jobs in life. Um, and that's sad, man. Yeah. I, I just, it, it bothers me. Well, I think it's difficult too for I think we have a hard time processing relationships and uh, and friendships and some of these different things after you experience what we experience downrange, uh, working on, you know, close knit teams. And when your ass is on the line and guys are, you know, you're mutually supporting each other, it just creates an environment uh, that is unlike, I think, any other on in, you know, on the planet, really. And, and only people in, you know, first responder jobs in the military and in probably other jobs, right, where your ass is on the line, experience that kind of camaraderie. So um, which leads into a lot of different things, you know, with how we think about post-traumatic stress and difficulty with what we call like a transitional period with veterans and all these different things. Right. So our perspective and how we view relationships and and all these things are, uh, you know, we look at them from a sense of, of uh, protecting each other's lives, which that kind of changes the game. Yeah. I, th- I think you're spot on with that. And it, it's crazy because I want to convey that and I want people to understand that. Yeah, but, but it's, it's hard. hard. Yeah, it's, it's really hard. It's hard when they don't have that perspective, which, you know, I mean, it, it like a lot of our thoughts and, and some of the things, especially that you talk about, because I think you're a lot more inspirational than I am, especially on Instagram. But uh, a lot of that deep, uh, those deep feelings and like searching through that stuff is built from those experiences that we've had of putting our asses on the line and then mutually supporting our teammates. Yeah, I think, you know, I, I look at the loss of a relationship as like the loss of life. Yeah. And so if you're willing to, it's almost like... <laughs> The analogy I always use when I'm thinking about this is back to the future. And 
on Back to the Future, I think it was part two. Oh, dude, I just that had Polaroid, like, right? <laughs> he has the Polaroid. Yeah, he has the Polaroid. I was thinking about the fucking the Iranian terrorists, though, when they're chasing <laughs> the VW bus. That's badass, dude. Too. They're in a gunfight around hey, the well, fucking how about car. We just watch one, two, three. <laughs> yeah. and just, this Sorry. is the second yeah. one because Dan, yeah. Dan, our buddy Dan was just talking about the floating <laughs> skateboard yeah. on another on another thing we were working on. But anyways, this is a second back. I don't think I've had two Back to the Future references in a day. This is amazing. Digressing. We digress. <laughs> but in the in Back to the Future, he's got the Polaroid. And then they're talking about how you change uh, the fabric of time. And the way you do that is by your decisions. And yeah. so people don't if you understand the perspective, which is realizing that every decision you make affects the rest of your life and the place in which you're in your life right now. I mean, the, the reason you're listening to this podcast, driving your car or, you know, with your Walkman. Walkman, is that a thing? <laughs> Jesus, did Jesus. you just say Walkman? That's a third. I think that's Bro. a third. That's a third. Back to the Future You were reference. born in the 70s? Wait, yeah. You were born in the wait, 80s. I was born in the 80s. 80s. Okay. That's a Back to the Future I was reference. born in the 70s. Yeah, the Walkman. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. This is a serious topic. We're digressing. Um, but like if you're listening to your eight track <laughs> in the in gym your on your boombox. Camaro <laughs> in your fucking T-top Trans Am oh, with your fucking oh, mullet blown in the fuck wind. This topic. You do what you want to fucking do, you fucking <laughs> millennials. Oh. That's actually this podcast should be dedicated to social interaction and Direct communication. All we already hit on like all these things. So all right, I, fuck it. Let's did just we say it. yeah? Well, did we say night vision in the beginning? We did. did. We should just, just take it out. This is like social interaction, bro. We're going. We're everywhere. everywhere. This is service dogs. Social interaction. Yeah, yeah. We do what we want. Well, situational awareness this is our maybe. Yeah. So well, it could, well, the situational awareness. I think these things all tie together, right? And it's like communicating with people. I think that. Uh, we've lost the art of actually being in person and communicating with people because of electronics, because of social media Technology, and all yeah. these different things. So literally when you're in the workplace, you're doing something else. When you're in a fucking special forces, a team and you have a disagreement with a guy on the team, you might fucking, you know, work it out physically, if you will. Yeah. And that's not a bad thing in my mind because, you know, that's the way we were raised. But, you know, obviously you can't do that in the civilian workplace. Maybe you should. Right. Maybe maybe a boss should have that kind of uh, working things out or maybe they shouldn't. I don't fucking know. No, you're right. I think you know what I'm getting at, though, yeah. like the the art of being able to communicate with people and do certain things. Well, the art denotes or the is the, that an art? No, well, no. The art, the art implies that basic communicate because it's basic communication that is advanced or right. that, that is abstract. And, and the problem is that's why that's. We've almost we've almost done uh, uh, a Benjamin Button where we're living this shit in fucking reverse. We're starting right. out old and getting young and everything's backwards. And so right. communication is a basic skill set. But the problem is we don't learn communication anymore as as children. Right. The millennial because we I just posted it on, on Instagram talking about the New York Post uh, article about uh, Will, a buddy of ours, gave, uh, sent me this this morning about. Millennials versus Gen X. You know, Gen X is leading up to the 80s. You're a Gen X guy. I'm a Gen X guy. Right. Um, versus millennials who are raised in technology where technology is their means of communication. Right. Where everybody's on their phone, where everything's temporary, where everything is this uh, swipe left, swipe right mentality. Mm -hmm. So that, that 
you know, it should be abstract. It should be the standard. But when you think about that, it means that everything is temporary. So if I'm in a relationship with somebody and they piss me off, yeah, I can say fuck you because I've access to 1,500 other chicks in my area that I could just swipe right <laughs> and then attempt to communicate. Right. And I'd pick one just uh, just like you. It's like that Beyonce song that says something like, uh, oh, fuck. I, can get, I can get a dude, uh, another you in a minute. Uh, did I just quote Beyonce? <laughs> yeah. Fuck. I want to know what the fuck you're listening to on your on your solo cross country. Oh, my A track. Yeah. <laughs> my A track. Your fucking T top. <laughs> and your Trans Am with oh, your fucking man. bullet blowing in the hair. It's uh, it's it's true though. It's like uh, we're so disposable, and that's what's despicable, man. Because right, I my whole thing is, for example, and I'll I'll talk a little bit about relationships, even though it's a tough topic to talk on because <laughs> I it's been a fucking train wreck for me. Um, that when I commit to somebody, I, I imagine I commit my life when I commit in a relationship. Yeah. So there is no, there is no, we can't do this. There is no, we can't fight hard enough. Yeah. But whenever things are difficult nowadays, it's like, hey, things are difficult. It's like, I'm swiping left. I'm fucking deuces. Oh, I'm out of here. I'm out of here. I'll just find another you in I'll a fucking just, minute. I'll pull the eject fucking handles exactly me in the fucking cockpit exactly and i'm out i make this is pissed off uh women in my relationships but, <laughs> but uh there's a term that i use and i use it because uh it makes the most sense in the sense that i call myself a warm body meaning that i'm just somebody who's physically there mm -hmm. but since there's no loyalty or commitment to me yeah then that I could easily be replaced because it's almost like a game. Mm -hmm. It's almost like uh, technology, right? It's like, like an app. I'll just install another fucking app who will have different characteristics, but generally be the same. And so I don't know. It, it, it's sad to me because I think when you love somebody and you commit to them, you know, this could be in the brotherhood, right? When yeah. we do that on a team, we're committing to a, a mission set, the same objective mm -hmm. and there is no take backs. Right. And I, I, I don't know, man, this, this whole sense, like, uh, I'm just over it. I'm fucking done. Like, yeah. Really? So you're just going to throw away our fucking lives? I digress. Yeah. No, I, well, I mean, the important part of that, it, you know, you, you're talking about relationship stuff, but you know, what we're talking about in general is, is communicating with people and how, uh, you know, things have changed and, and you and I, it's not like we're old dudes. I mean, I'm almost 40. You're like 25 by Asian standards, but it's interesting to watch that, that kind of stuff. I think about my grandfather and my father and the way they communicated, uh, and they were direct, you know, sometimes you thought they were an asshole, you know what I mean? But they got their point across and it was direct communication. And, you know, we learned that in the military and we, you know, people, it's funny on the, you know, in the civilian world, whatever you want to call it, when we communicate with people, sometimes I have to make sure that I'm not coming across in a way that is going to be offensive, I guess, especially when we're dealing with business and business development and all these different things. And um, it's interesting, you know, like you were talking about the Instagram post and the millennials and how people communicate. Right. And and as Green Berets, you know, we were trained to be masters of communication with local national forces. And we we're really good at that, especially, you know, Mike and I. We're pretty damn good at that and uh, and have a lot of experience doing it, you know? So, yeah, I, I think uh, 
you know, when you met somebody back in the day, you you shook their hand and you looked them in the eyes. Yeah, my old man taught me that when I was a kid. Absolutely, and I remember my dad. Ta- my my dad's not a big communicator that way, but I remember him teaching me that as well. Like, hey, look, when you shake somebody's hand, you shake it firmly and you, and you look, look them in, in the, the eyes. eyes. Right, and and then you find a commonality and a uh, you bridge that gap of rapport mm-hmm. and you build a relationship. And what's amazing now that I've noticed is you do that with a millennial, like I, and I don't like to categorize millennials, right? We're because not it's not everybody picking on a demographic. But this yeah. is this is one of those things I think is SF guys and and uh, you know pretty intelligent guys that that we look at these things and go, hey, you know, what's some information that we could put out that would actually be beneficial to people, and and I think that's the real driving force behind the episode in general. Yeah, you, you, look when you when you meet somebody, because uh, I've done it before, right? I've I've shook the hands of younger generations. I remember I, I did a thing for Oracle, and I was doing a I was talking to three hundred and fifty young millennial generations out of college, and I was t- it, it, this was tough because you know I was talking to them about war, which yeah. most of the younger generation, um, you know, unless they're the, the small percentage of people who follow us who want to be warriors and stuff. That they're not interested, right? They're not interested in this. this it's the complete opposite. They they want to live in this capitalist uh, society and do the grind and do the uh, yeah. the corporate thing, which is fine. But when when they would hear direct communication, where, where I tell them exactly the solutions, exactly uh, the answers, instead of just philosophizing and uh, philosophizing, <laughs> philosophizing. I think that's like a doctrinal. Doctrinal. That's so <laughs> yeah. doctrinal. They seem to be offended by my direct, clear, and concise message. And one thing I learned in the military that I've translated in my civilian life that has failed me in a lot of senses in relationships and even friendships is clear and concise approaches isn't always the methodology and communication. Right. Because a lot of people, because of their sensitivity, don't respond well to direct, clear, and concise. They see it as aggression. Just say it, dude. They're being pussies. They're being <laughs> manginas. Yeah. And it, it, that, like, remember the guy at the balcony? Oh, yeah. And I was, like, directly looking at him in the eye, like, hey, you, I want you to understand something. Like, what you're saying to me is wrong, yeah. and it's against the law. Yeah. I want to educate you, but you're, what you're saying is against the law. And he looked at me, and he's like, his, he kind of like looked away, and he was like shaking, and then he like walked across the bar, yeah. and then hung out and hid from me. Yeah, I, this, I've experienced the same thing in relationships where I say something, it's like, I can't believe you said that. <laughs> like, said what? What's on my mind? Yeah, but you said that ass looks fat in those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I meant pH fat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you were trying to be positive, but it yeah, came across, it came as, across negative. as negative. Yeah. But we're just that, misunderstood, dude. Well, the thing is about our personalities, and you know, I've never, you know, this whole Type A. Remember, we used to always say Type A, like, "Oh, you're Type A." I guess I am, but yeah. I, I never try to associate myself with that because I assume that being a Type A, you're an asshole. I'm not an asshole. Yeah, but I mean, it's you use an analogy a lot of times when you talk about you know articles that you've written and some of the stuff we've done on uh, social media and podcasts and you use the analogy about the dogs, right? Cause it's an easy analogy for people to understand. And it's like the dog was trained to do something specific. The dog responds to that. The dog acts that way. Why should we think anything different because the dog has been trained that way? Right? Well, 
in the same respect, if you think about all of us as these fucking, you know, uh, dogs that were together. <laughs> Packs. Yeah, we all uh, we all act a certain way. And then when you leave that, um, you know, you get some of the reactions I think that we get, whether it's relationships or communication with civilian businesses or stuff like that. And we've we've had to reevaluate and do some things like that where we make sure that we're doing uh, the right thing to make sure that we can communicate with people, right? Yeah. It's... You know, I think I think about being the opposite of that, right? You, let's say, let's just imagine. You mean a pussy? Oh, yeah. Sorry. I mean, I mean, <laughs> but I mean, if you think like, start sucking your fucking thumb, get in the fetal position. More, more or less, you, you see guys and gals together, and I don't have this. This is obviously. A I word. like how we use guys and gals. I feel like yeah. we're yeah. old. <laughs> that's some. That's some old shit. The guys and we're the just gals. Being, we're being gentlemen. <laughs> yeah. Um. When you see these guys that are with girls now, right, right, they're they're like girlfriends Dude, because weird, bro. they're not confrontational, right? right? Their fucking balls are shriveled and they they're, they're lacking <laughs> testosterone, so they don't work out. They don't take pride in themselves. They're like girlfriends. Yeah, they go shopping with their chicks, and I have no dude. I love going to Target. You put me in a Target. <laughs> <laughs> the trail mix there is crazy. Yeah, we're in Arizona. Mike had to go to Target three times a week. I love minimum. it. I love it. It's a great place. But <laughs> when I think about what men are becoming, right? Because now women don't want confrontation because they don't want to be directly communicated with. Men don't want to be confrontational. Right. So they want to uh, regress and do all the things that chicks are doing. We don't want to definitively define what gender We're burning roles? Like skinny jeans, right now. <laughs> yeah, we don't, dude. I, me and skinny jeans is not attractive. Yeah. We don't. We don't. We're too sensitive to take any kind of criticism, right? Well, these gender roles, right? Like we, hey, a man can't be dominant. Yeah. A man can't take charge and be a leader. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. Like I don't know what kind of fucking man you are, but the man. You know, universe that I come from, we take charge of shit. Not because we're dicks, because that's in our DNA. Fuck yeah. Because we want to take, we, it's not, it's, people equate it to a control issue. Right. And the females who have problems with that, they're like, oh, this dude, he has a, he's a control freak. No, the fuck I'm not. I, I just believe in leading a fucking family because I can depend on my own skill sets. Yeah. I, but I trust in myself and my capabilities. And I know I could pick your ass up, throw you on my fucking shoulder, and run across the goddamn mountain range to save your ass for a fucking mountain lion. <laughs> Sorry. Mike's blood pressure is through the roof right now. I've got a BP cuff on him, and he's oh, bro. fucking cranked out. Got a pulse right ox meter on my yeah. fucking toe right now. No, but the, I mean, you know, the bottom line is, is uh, we do get excited about some of this stuff because we spent a long time um, coming and going from this country, which we love. And, you know, looking at some of the internal things that are going on are obviously disturbing to us. Um, so in a lot of ways, uh, we always keep it real. So, you know, you're getting a lot of. I like how you're like the, the calm collected. <laughs> yeah. This is like the insurance policy. Like... <laughs> so if you fucking hate us now, I don't really care. But, you know, we're not, this isn't a fucking popularity contest anyway. So we'll have people that believe in what we talk about and other people will be like, nah, fuck those guys. Yeah, Whatever. but still stick with us if you say fuck yourself yeah. or fuck us because we, uh, we, we have hats, them. t-shirts, survival kits. No. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Um, but yeah, I, I, uh, my thinking is, you know, when you, there's always a loss in a game. 
so when you when you are something, you are always losing something else. Okay. So if you're a warrior, right? You're this badass. And you know, how how do I define a warrior? One one a warrior is somebody who has the skill set, right? They have the capability, but they have the mindset to right. go along with that. And what does it mean in civilian society? It means, hey, this is a person who's going to run to render aid, to save people, to help people. Right. And that leads to com- and, and and less uh, dramatic events and scenarios in life that leads to compassion, sure. right? He's compassionate. He's uh, compassionate about his children, compassionate about his wife, compassionate about his religion, about what he does on a daily basis in his job. And then what's the takeaway? What do you lose? Yeah, he could be an asshole sometimes. Yeah, he could probably be a little bit more sensitive to certain things. But what what is the contrary to that? What, a pussy who wears skinny jeans, who's not willing to defend de- defend your love, defend your relationship, defend your God, life. defend defend life, right. d- defend the security and sanctity of your uh, of your life. Yeah. I mean, and he has a man bun. I'm just saying. And he has a fucking man <laughs> bun. No offense to Bruce, a buddy of mine who's got a man bun. <laughs> I want to sh- sh- chop that shit off with a uh, Dan Winkler axe. <laughs> but um but what do you lose? You you completely get the polar opposite effect. And so you can't have fucking both. You can't have both. I feel like this is like a uh, who's the sex therapist that fucking? Oh God, yeah, I don't know. I feel like this is like a fucking relationship episode. In the, in yeah, but it's not. I mean, yeah. I mean the you know again the overarching theme here is uh, communication and and how we see things going, which is interesting. Mindset. Yeah, mindset. I mean, all those things apply. I I remember for some reason. I and my mom used to tell me this as a kid because as a kid this happened to me too. I, I remember I was 16 years old and I played high school football and uh, I was decent and I remember some of the values that was instilled to me from my football coach. who was a great football coach. Um, we were ranked in th- that year 16 in the nation by USA Today. We were we were pretty awesome at uh, four alpha uh, football. But I remember I was at my mom's my house, which is my mom's house that she lives at now in uh, Fayetteville, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And there was a car accident that I heard. It, 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 I heard it from half a mile away, screeching and then a crash. And I remember, I don't know what it's based on because I've always had this mentality, but I started running towards the scene of what it was. Immediately dropped everything and just started sprinting towards the scene. And I remember I got there on the scene of the accident. And it was a, uh, I'll never forget it. It was a white Ford Taurus who had been T-boned by another vehicle. And there was a lady inside the vehicle and she was unconscious. And there was a child strapped in the child seat in the back. And I remember I got there. And when I got there, ironically, an African-American buddy of mine, and I just mentioned he's African-American because I want the, you to understand the diversity here. You got an Asian dude, an African-American <laughs> dude. I played football with. He was the fullback. Yeah. He had showed up on the scene as well. And me and him showed up. And nobody else was helping with shit. In fact, for everybody else in the world, it was inconvenient. Yeah. I mean, there was people driving by 50 miles an hour. There's or people something, cussing something and screaming. At, right? Or, or there were spectators. They were recording on their fucking cell phones. And I remember I went up to the car and I broke the windshield or the uh, side passenger windshield or uh, door uh, window with my fist. I punched it. The first time I didn't go through it, completely <laughs> yeah. destroyed. If I learned in special operations what I knew now, where you break off the radio <laughs> antenna and just whack it with about a pound of pressure, 
you could shatter it. You would know that you don't if you punch it, it's not going to go well. <laughs> it didn't go well. Second time I punched it, it broke and shattered into a, a, a whole bunch of pieces. And then I, my hand was bleeding. I crawled up in the seat, undid the uh, seat belt, and the lady had been knocked unconscious by her airbag and the impact of the accident. And she was like, she was in convulsions. And this is probably not recommended, but I pimp slapped her because I knew <laughs> I knew that if she wasn't brought into consciousness, that she was like, it, it was bad, man. She, I mean, she was wigging out, she was freaking, like her eyes rolling back in her head, and I, I, I shook her. Nothing happened. And I slapped her in her face and she woke up, immediately yeah. woke up, woke up. And she just started screaming about her kid. And my buddy went to go get into the door to go get the kid. And he couldn't. The door was closed. Mm-hmm. So I got on the inside because I didn't want to bring the kid through the, uh, the, the passenger side. I got on the back side and I started kicking the door and he started prying the door. Mm-hmm. And we eventually, I mean, literally pried this door through the uh, locking mechanism. It was still locked. It was just, it had been crushed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we helped this kid and then we just, we kind of like, you know, shook each other's hands and I was like, oh, good stuff, man. We just walked away. Now I was 16 years old. And so periodically through my life, I've experienced that where I've, I've shown up burning RVs, car accidents, just weird shit again and again and again. But I've made the same observation. The same observation is the guys that showed up on the scene willing and ready to help had the same mindset mm-hmm. versus the vaginas who were sitting there with their fucking iPhones recording the scene that I wanted to fucking bur- I mean, it disgusts me, dude. That's the worst thing in society that I've, that I've ever witnessed yeah. is this inability and this unwillingness to, to help and yeah. render aid to yeah. people who are victims. And I fucking hate it, man. I, yeah. it, it, it disgusts me. So what can we do about it? Well, what we could do about it is promote warrior mindset, survival mindset, modern oh, yeah. survival mindset. Yeah. And, and all the stuff that we grew up with in the military. Exactly. And obviously a little bit before that, because like you, I played sports, wrestled, football, baseball, and a lot of those, uh, you know, team inspired um, things to live by, I guess you could say, were things that were instilled in us during those uh, experiences. There's what what is wrong with being a man or a woman to step up to the plate? to defend life, to defend relationships, to fight for something you believe in. Yeah, nothing. It, yeah, <laughs> for, for some reason, it's, it, and this isn't like a, I, I don't think this is a conspiracy theory. I think this is the reality. Like, yeah. I, I mean, you, you watch CNN, I don't like to get political, but my take on this is that it, it, they're defending an ideology, right. which is non-confrontational ideology. Oh, yeah. Where you just kind of do your own fucking thing. Yep. You don't defend the children in Syria. You don't defend the population in North Korea. You don't defend the oppressed people all over the fucking world who are getting crushed by ISIS. No, you fucking do. And there is no other option. There, my mindset is, and I told you this morning, I talked to a, a girl um, who, was, who was dealing with some, some issues. And, you know, I, I told her that there is no choice in, in dealing with your issues and be an advocate for who you are. You, you have to defend freedom. You have to defend the mindset. You have to be a leader and you have to step up to the fucking plate. 
Yeah. And the same goes for defending life, defending relationships, defending love, defending whatever you, you're doing. There is no option because the alter, alternative option is doing absolutely nothing. And you know what that leads to? Absolutely fucking nothing. Yeah. I Well, an interesting point here, too, about all the things that you're talking about is, you know, again, the perspective I think that we have of seeing different cultures and um, and knowing, you know, what we have here in the United States and then literally what is outside the United States in uh, some pretty austere environments uh, where, you know, freedom, democracy and, and these things that we live by are not promoted. You know what I mean? So it's like when we talk about communication, we're talking about all these different inter- interactions with people and experiences uh, that we have. And, you know, that's why obviously we love the country so much because you're protected by all these things that will allow these things to happen, which is a, a pretty cool thing. Yeah, I think, you know, I, I think maybe one perspective of, of why this is happening is our kind of a, our skewed perspective because of the complacency that we live in, right? This oh, safe place, bro. Yeah. this bubble, right? Yeah, complacency and, is a great word because the people that are protected, you know, I think a lot of times don't realize what, what life is like on the outside. And sometimes you need that to appreciate what you have, which is why we're so appreciative of what we do have. Yeah, I think the standard of living that we're used to, which includes uh, social issues and what we think is is worst case scenario, is completely different than the world's. Yeah. So, you know, we, we think of uh, famine and to us, famine is not getting your welfare, welfare check or not having the, the appropriate or the right kinds of foods that you want, particularly because yeah. you're picky or because you're given a free cell phone and free free cheese from the government, but <laughs> you, you didn't get your extra Benny at the end of the month. That's our perspective. It's skewed, right? Right. And so what's disappointing to me, and I think what's disheartening as a whole is that skewed perspective is leading to poor decisions that are being made where we think worst case scenario is, you know, a difference of opinion. Yeah. And, and, and it's, you know, things aren't that bad. No. You know, bad is being a child born in Syria fleeing Aleppo in the middle of an ISIS crisis. Yeah. You know, bad is fucking, you know, having your dad or your husband be diagnosed with stage four lung cancer. Right. If we just kind of understood that perspective and, and, and just had a better appreciation for what we had, we wouldn't be so complacent. I agree, man. It's uh, it hits home pretty hard. Like when we talk about personal experiences with with our personal relationships and then, you know, experiences in the military and being in combat, watching guys not make it home. And, um, and then, you know, just the, the chaos and destruction that comes with all of that is pretty heavy. Yeah, it is heavy, but it gives you a good life perspective, I think, which, which is cool because we get the opportunity to use, uh, our voices and our experiences to help educate people, which is cool. Yeah, absolutely. Right, man. Uh, I think it, you know, me being a little negative, it all always leads back to a positive. And I think the optimistic approach is the best approach. And then also ha- coming up with uh, solutions. I mean, some of the solutions are, you know, I, I think you don't have to be worldly. Uh, you don't have to travel abroad to get a worldly perspective. If you just do educate yourself by reading, by understanding, by listening to podcasts, by, by educating yourself, you would understand that, hey, the, the world in which we live, the, the things that happen to you on a daily basis aren't, aren't crisis. 
Yeah. Uh, they're just little snippets of things that happened. Don't let like a, a difference of opinion lead to a crisis. A crisis to me is like uh, propelling people out of your life because of a difference of opinion or or choosing not to do something like join the military because your parents aren't interested in you doing it. Be a fucking warrior. Be an individual. Be a fucking man. <laughs> <sighs> Advice from Mike. That's all I got. That's Don't, be I got. Don't be a bitch. <laughs> There's a lot of cussing in this episode. We apologize if you had kids listening to this. Uh, I should probably have Drew edit that in the beginning that there's going to be a lot of cussing in this episode. It, it is E for explicit. We have a lot of courses that are coming up in, in the do. future, man. There's a lot of things that, number one, we you know, Colorado is a cool demographic. Now, it's a cool environment to operate in, but it's also a hard demographic to market towards because everybody has to come from abroad. So if you're not willing to pay the gas money and the time to get here, um, we're probably not going to get you here. So what we've done is we kind of done split team ops. Me and Kurt have kind of split our workload. Uh, I know I'm teaching a course this August 12th and 13th. Actually, I'm teaching August 12th. You teach on the 13th, right? Yeah. I'm teaching ops course, which is our modern survival course on the 12th. And Kurt is teaching gunfighter pistol. Yeah, gunfighter pistol on that Sunday, August 13th. Leading us into uh, the end of August, August 26th and 27th. I'm actually going to have a course in Fernley, Nevada, which I love the facility. Uh, the, the landowners awesome where we're with. So we're going to have we're going to have Gunfighter Pistol on Saturday, August 26th, and Gunfighter Carbine August 27th. And then Kurt will be teaching here in Durango, Colorado. He'll be teaching the Ops course, the Modern Survival course, on August 26th, on Saturday here in Durango, and uh, teaching Gunfighter, Gunfighter Carbine, Carbine yeah, on, on the 27th. This is fucking confusing i'm confusing myself a little bit <laughs> go on philcraftsurvival.com and see the drop down boxes for what what's going on we got shit all over the place for training one thing that we're also looking at is doing an assessment course a night vision course and a long range precision course in texas yep. in october yep. which is going to be phenomenal because we have an awesome facility that we're going to be using uh, we'll be talking about that more often here in the future yeah and then for uh upcoming courses in september uh, we've got open enrollment on the 16th and 17th, which is going to be uh, either a gunfighter pistol course or a basic pistol course, and then doing the carbine uh, or the gunfighter carbine course um, in series, California. So keep an eye out for that. That's a big deal. Yeah, it is because uh, while well, we had to cancel a course in California because we were dealing with a bunch of um, kind of legal mumbo jumbo, if you will, and. Um, we've had some law enforcement agencies reach out and be kind enough to sponsor us and make sure that, um, you know, law abiding citizens are able to get training, which is really cool. And we appreciate that. So thanks, guys. 16, 17 September. Um, and then we have uh, off the beaten path. Yeah. Off the beaten path is coming on 30 September to 1 October. And it looks like we're going to be doing that in Fernley, Nevada. We had talked about doing it in Colorado, which uh, we kind of put that on the back burner just to make sure that we were gonna get a lot of people that were interested, but it seems like based off of popular demand, uh, we're gonna run that out of Fernley, Nevada again. Yeah, it's gonna be exciting, man. It's gonna be a good course. The, yep. the best thing about that off the beaten path course is we got Kevin Falk from Devil Dog Consulting, who's gonna be teaching tactical combat casualty carry, TCCC, and certifying guys in TCCC. Which is cool. Which that course alone costs three hundred seventy-five bucks. Right. So you're getting that plus, plus the off the beaten path, 
yeah. plus a dinner on that Saturday night, which is going to be awesome. We're going to be uh, camping out. Uh, it's just an awesome course, man. I look forward to it because I just enjoy being out there with the guys and gals that come to those courses. Yep, absolutely. Um, if you guys are are following some of the, the companies that we're working with, you know, here's the thing with sponsorships, and I, I kind of say this as a as a uh, default is look, man, we. Me and Kurt will never plug or never talk about anything we don't believe in the product. And there's lots of products that and companies that we work with that we always want you to be aware of that we recognize. So if you're looking for equipment like holsters, if you're looking for communities like off-road communities, we want you to be integrated into the community that we're we're following because we filtered and validated the shit out of these guys. Right. Um, because <laughs> I mean, strategic partnerships for us is like a one-year process. I mean, literally to get to that point, we've done a lot of uh, back and forth to to ensure that there is assurances in place that uh, the product's good, the service is good, and that you guys are getting the best of both worlds. So, uh, you know, the first company I want to mention is Overland Bound. If you guys are doing anything, anything in the Overland community and 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 want to get more you know, a deeper dive into off-road everything. Right. Overland Bound, which is a, a buddy of ours uh, company, uh, which brings a community of 5,000 plus off-road enthusiasts. Enthusiasts is a good word. <laughs> um, that's the company to go to because- I'm, he doing, has, I'm doing the retard clap back here, by the way. Sorry. I like that, yeah. the golf club. Uh, it's important because, you know, you got he's got a forum, he's got product services, he's got everything. And uh, I think it's it's hugely important. Uh, another company that we're working with, which I'm excited about, is a distributor uh, for Fall Raven and another distributor for Handwag. And these yeah. guys, clothing it's, and boots. It's yeah, cl yeah clothing and, and boots. It's super high end European, yep. um, but they have U.S. distributors. We're going to be talking about. Uh, we're going to have a kit, uh, not a kit, but a uh, a clothing and accessory podcast where we talk about different items of clothing and uh, equipment. But we believe wholly in their uh, in their products. You know, Fall Raven is an awesome company. It's a Swedish company. I wear their. I got a pair of their pants. We're getting more of their clothing. Uh, so something to look at. Surgeon Precision Rifles. Uh, look, if you're looking for any rifle that's long gun on the higher end, if you're going to buy a long gun, why buy a long gun unless it's higher end? Surgeon Precision Rifles or Surgeon Rifles is the company to go with. Uh, we're, we have uh, partnerships with U.S. Night Vision, which is a company that we're going to be talking about on podcasts in the future with Night Vision, Surefire, Wicked Holsters, T-Rex Arms, Nexus Ammo, Strategic Armory Corps, Bravo Company, which obviously has been a big uh, supporter and proponent of our uh, of our company and of our, our initiatives. Uh, Colorado Gunfighter here in Durango, Colorado, if you're interested in guns. Support your local gun shop. Yeah, support your local gun shop or, or support Colorado Gunfighter because they have everything online and everything that you need to get into. Colorado Highland Helicopters. You know, if you're in Colorado and you're looking for a helicopter ride, Colorado Highland Helicopters are the guys that we use. We use a guy named Brandon. Yep. Awesome dude. Phenomenal pilot. Scares me sometimes. Uh, phenomenal pilot, but has a little bird that we utilize. Uh, of course, Johnny from uh, Courses of Action, which is a former teammate of ours or former uh, third grouper of ours. Vortex Optics, Sheepdog Dog Targets, and the list goes on. I can't wait. We're going to have a sponsorship ep episode as well of all the companies that we work with and talking about and highlighting the best uh, products and the best quality services that they provide, which I'm, I'm pretty excited about. Hell yeah. <laughs> I think that brings us to the end, right? That does bring us to the end. This is a, 
it's weird. It, it's, it went by fast. Yeah, but we, you know, we talk about, you know, a lot of different things, right? But what's wrong with talking about uh, life today? So uh, that's where, <laughs> honestly, that's where it went. Tomorrow yeah, it we're talking about night vision. Today we're talking about life. Yeah. I need to take a fucking nap. <laughs> I, I just Mike need... smoked, just got off the road. I made him do a podcast. I'm done, dude. I'm <laughs> I'm tired of these these pussies. <laughs> Just kidding. Seriously. Um, <laughs> all right, guys. So you can catch us out, Soft Survivor, on Philcraft Survival, on Kurt underscore Team Philcraft, on our Instagrams. We got a Facebook page. We got Philcraft Survival. We got Philcraft Survival Podcast. We got so much shit. It's insane. <laughs> um, yeah, we're, we are task saturated, but it's a good saturated. We appreciate your guys' business. We appreciate you guys' support. Without you guys and gals, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. Uh, if you want to support us a little bit more, please subscribe to the podcast. Leave feedback because that drives analytics. And we appreciate all the support you got. What do you got? That's it, man. Thank you. We always appreciate it. And uh, I feel like I'm the spaz on this episode. And you're nah, like the nah, cool, nah, calm, collected dude. Is it because I'm tired? It's because my voice is a little deeper than yours, I think. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> you're like Barry White. I'm like Kiwi Herman. <laughs> Oh, fuck. Check, All right, man. Check this shit out right here. <laughs> That's as deep as I can go. That, that was, was weak. That was pretty <laughs> yeah. deep. All right, guys and gals. We appreciate it. I said guys and gals. Yeah. Guys and gals. Uh, Thanks, guys and gals. <laughs> I hate you. All right. All right. Till next time, man. Stay alert. Stay alive. <laughs>